Hi, this is Pastor Jeff, and I just want to take a moment to thank you for subscribing to our podcast. Hey, if these resources have been a blessing to you, would you please consider supporting us so we can continue to be here and reach even more people for Christ? Look for the donate link right here on your podcast player. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy today's message. God bless you. Welcome to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, who's in his new series, Soldiers of the Cross. There's a desperate need for disciplined soldiers to combat the enemy and make a lasting impact on the world for Christ. Today, learn the necessity for the discipline of a good soldier. We're in a series called Soldiers of the Cross. The Bible uses that motif uh, that we are soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. The moment that we get saved, we are saved and put in the Lord's army. 2 Timothy 2 verse 3, suffer hardship with me, Timothy, Paul said, as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. We want to be uh, good soldiers in the army. We are soldiers as believers in the army. We want to be good soldiers, and we want to be disciplined soldiers, the discipline of a good soldier. First Timothy chapter 4, I'll begin reading in verse 1. But the Spirit explicitly says that in later times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron, men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude, for it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer." In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following, but have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, for bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance. For it is for this we labor and strive because we have fixed our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. Prescribe, command, and teach these things. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Show yourself an example of those who believe. I want us to look at three questions and answer three questions with three discoveries from the text I just read. I want us to look at the question, what's going on? 
And then the section, second question, what is the need for today? And the third question, what difference does it make? What's going on? What is the need? And what difference does it make? First question we are going to answer from this passage. What is going on? There is a spiritual battle raging all around us. That is the first discovery. A spiritual battle is raging all around us. Now, Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, the famous passage about the armor of God, picking up again on the soldier motif, he says this, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. We're in a battle, and it's a spiritual battle. Look at verse 1 again of 1 Timothy 4. But the Spirit explicitly says that the Spirit is clearly saying it is out in the open. This isn't a secret. This is being broadcast. He explicitly says that in later times, the times between the Lord's coming, from his first coming to the second coming, you know, the Bible calls that the last days. In later times... Some will fall away from the faith. Some will, we have that word apostatize, because to fall away is the Greek word where we get the word apostatize. Some will fall away from the faith, paying attention and adhering and listening to and latching on to deceitful spirits, demon spirits, and doctrines of demons, teachings of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron, men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be carefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. This is a spiritual battle. And Jesus said of the devil, he is a liar and the father of lies. Whenever he speaks, he speaks a lie because that is his nature, a liar and the father of lies. Now, the devil is the master liar. And as a master liar, he knows that the best lies, to get you to believe a lie, he has to make it sound like the truth. See, we don't believe a lie that sounds like a lie, that's just so far out there that's just like, well, that's a lie. He makes the lie sounds so good and sounds so much like the truth. See, the devil attacks with subtle lies and deception. Now, subtle lies can turn into brazen, bold-faced lies, but they come out right out of the chute as subtle lies. Now, the beast, Genesis 3.1, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. He's sly, he's cunning, he's crafty. He's not going to come at you with something that's just so out there that you say, well, that's got to be a lie. He's just going to come very subtly. The devil uses people as his messengers to corrupt others. How does he share doctrines of demons? Verse 2, by means of the hypocrisy of liars. People who are seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. Their conscience is so totally uh, seared and destroyed that they don't know the difference between good and evil. The easy-to-read version puts it this way. Those teachings come through people who tell lies and trick others. 
These evil people cannot see what is right and what is wrong. It's like their conscience has been destroyed with a hot iron. He uses people. God uses people. How does God get his message across? Through his messengers, through his servants, through his soldiers. How does the devil get his uh, doctrines of demons across? Through his messengers, through his servants, through his soldiers. Now, uh, our struggle is not against people. People are the mission field, but the devil uses people to corrupt other people. Evil men and imposters. The Scripture says in 2 Timothy, but evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And we can have, and we do have lots of people who uh, have a lot of learning behind their name, lots of degrees uh, that follow their name, but they are teaching doctrines of demons, and they're leading people astray. That's how the devil works. And what is the devil doing? How does he uh, make crooked the straight paths of the Lord? What, what is his kind of first step on that one degree off the flight plan? What does he want to get you to do? The devil wants you and me to think negatively about God. And see, in this passage in 1 Timothy 4, he talks about those who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods. They may come across like, uh, you know, God's standard is here, but our standard is even higher than God's. And we don't involve ourselves in marriage at all because uh, we're just going to be chaste. And, and we don't eat certain things because uh, we, we just think those, you know, this puts us at a higher standard. And they can come across and you can look at some of those folks and they can seem like, man, they're really with it. They're really, uh, man, they're all in. But what are they doing? They're deceiving you. They're tricking you. And they're making God out to be a negative God. Because it says that God has created these things to be gratefully shared and by those who believe and know the truth. God wants us to get married. Now, for some people, his plan is to not be married, but that's not for very many. For most of us, God wants us to be married. He wants us to have children, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And he wants us to enjoy the things that he has made. They're sanctified, he says, by means of the word of God in prayer. And they're created to be enjoyed. Now, the devil, in his very first conversation with a human being, very familiar with it, Genesis chapter 3, such a key, key chapter. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. First thing out of his mouth. He takes the word of God. He twists the word of God. He adds a question mark to the word of God. Now, that hit Eve cold. See, he's sly. He's crafty. So he knows how to twist things. And you say, well, I guess God said that. No, he didn't say that. This is what God said, Genesis 2, 16. This is what God said to Adam. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, from any tree of the garden you may eat freely. You see the difference? The devil works overtime to make you, to make me, to try and get us to think negatively about God, to think God is some kind of cosmic killjoy, that he sits upon a throne of condemnation, 
He's got a, a billy club in one hand and a bag of thunderbolts in another hand. And the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he might find somebody having fun and break it up. To hurl a thunderbolt down upon you. Because God is mean and God is cruel. And God is a God you can't trust. That's how the devil works. Always making crooked the straight paths of the Lord. Hey, we're in a battle for the souls of men and women and boys and girls. It is a serious, serious battle. And it's a battle for truth, truth against the lies of the enemy, and they are coming at one another. Why is truth so important? Because Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth shall set you free. If you lose the truth, you lose everything. Second question, what, considering what is going on today, what is the need today? What do we need to combat the battle that is raging? Discovery number two, there is a desperate need for disciplined soldiers. For disciplined soldiers. Now, he tells Timothy. Now, remember, Timothy is not like Paul. He's not so naturally bold as Paul is. He has to tell Timothy, listen, Timothy, God hasn't given you a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Timothy is more timid just by nature than Paul is. And he says in verse 6, and pointing out these things to the brethren, you need to tell them about these things, that there are doctrines of demons. He says, and pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. A good diakonos. We get deacon from that word servant. You know, when, when you hear at funerals, well done, my good and faithful servant. It's not what it says. It's well done, my good and faithful slave. But the Bible uh, likens us to a slave, and it likens us to a servant, and it likens us to a soldier. Those are all uh, different motifs that the Bible uses. But he tells Timothy, hey, you're going you're gonna to serve the Lord. You'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following, but have nothing to do with worldly fables fit for old women. He said, well, why is he going after the old women? He's just talking about old wives' tales. They had their old wives' tales just like we do today, and most of those were Gnostic uh, stories or Jewish myths and fables that had gotten in there. He said, don't even waste your time on those. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise, the promise of God, for the present life and also for the life to come, it is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance. Take that to the bank. You can count on that. Hey, we need in this battle that's raging, we need disciplined soldiers, those who are trained and those who are fit and those who are ready to enter into the warfare and to be ready in the toughest part of the battle. See, this isn't a minor battle. This is a major battle. And the stakes couldn't be higher because the souls of people, the eternal souls of people weigh in the balance. I was thinking about a major battle versus a minor battle in the book of Joshua. Remember, they come right out of the chute. When they cross the Jordan River, what do they do? They're going to go fight Jericho. Jericho, that great walled city. 
Jericho, the place that's like, there's no way anybody's getting in here. But God brought about a great victory. They knew they can't defeat Jericho. They need God to defeat Jericho. But then the next battle is Ai. They spy out Ai, and I say, Ai. Ai is the JV. Ai is nothing. We only need to send two or 3,000 people to Ai. We'll wipe them out. They're small. They got beat at Ai because... They took things under the ban at Jericho, and God wasn't going to bless them. But here's the thing. This battle is Jericho. It's not Ai. This battle is huge, and so we need disciplined soldiers. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Now, all of us know about physical discipline, and we know that's hard. Spiritual discipline is hard, too. Spiritual discipline is hard work. To spend time growing in your faith. It doesn't just happen by osmosis. It doesn't just happen because, uh, you know, once or twice a week, you just kind of open the Bible for a lucky dip. Uh, Let's see what God has for me today. Boom, you just, uh, I went to uh, Christian life study outlines. Uh, So you you just, you know, it's just kind of like, well, God, I have this issue. What should I do? Uh, In addition to being a wise man, the preacher also ought to also taught the people knowledge. Well, maybe that's good for you, but probably it's not going to help you very much. And so you need to be disciplined in how you study, just like you would be disciplined with diet and exercise, bodily discipline. Discipline, hard work. It's hard work. It is profitable work. Profitable work. See, bodily discipline... We all know what that does. We know that when you start off a new year and you say, well, gosh, I need to lose some weight and I'm going to go on this program, I'm going to diet and I'm going to exercise. I said that to myself for January, diet and exercise. I did good for like three days, but I have trouble with the the diet part. It's the first three letters, D-I-E. Diet is just like I'm dying. I I don't want to eat this kale. You know, uh, it's just hard. It takes discipline to do that. It takes discipline to go to the gym. I'm going to get up every day at 4.30 and go to the gym. And you do that for a day. You're like, "Mm, I don't think I'm going to go today. Can't go every day, you know. And uh, pretty soon you're not going at all. It, It takes discipline for that. And that's bodily exercise. And he says that profits little, little. Because it's only profitable in this life, and it's only profitable in this life for a short time. Godliness is profitable for all time. Bodily discipline profits little. Godliness is profitable in all things. So discipline is a profitable work. And then discovery number three answers the question, what difference does it make? There is a lasting impact from disciplined soldiers. A lasting eternal impact that disciplined soldiers make on the world. See, we make a difference when we're faithful to tell the truth. When we're faithful to the Lord. 
when we're doing what verse 6 says, in pointing out these things to the brethren, Timothy, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. When you're constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of sound doctrine, you are speaking the truth. You are telling people the truth. And let me just say, as far as discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, no one can do that for you. Discipline yourself. I can't do sit-ups for you. I can't do the elliptical for you. I can do it with you. I can't do it for you. I can't discipline you to be a godly person. That's something that you have to do. And it starts with nourishing yourself in the truth. I like what Warren Wiersbe said about the pastorate. He said, you know, pastors, we are called to reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Three things, 2 Timothy 4, reprove, rebuke, exhort. Of those three things, two are negative, reprove and rebuke. One is positive, exhort. He said, you know, when you're driving in a car, you have signs on the road that will tell you uh, this particular city 25 miles straight ahead. You have signs that give you direction and then you have signs of warning. Watch out for falling rocks. Watch out for ice on the bridge. Uh, slow because you have this curve that you're going to take. For a pastor, we are to tell people, hey, this is where we're going. This is how you need to walk the Christian life. This is what you need to live, and this is what you need to be wary of, the doctrines of demons. I love what R.G. Lee, the great preacher of yesteryear at Bellevue Baptist Church said, he says, is it cruel to tell a man the truth? Is a man to be called cruel who declares the whole gospel of God and points out to men their danger? Is it cruel to arouse sleeping people to the fact that the house is on fire? Is it cruel to jerk a blind man away from the rattlesnake and the coil? Is it cruel to declare to people the deadliness of disease and tell them which medicine to take? I had rather be called cruel for being kind than to be called kind for being cruel. Hey, we have to be faithful to tell the truth, and then we make a difference when we're faithful to live the truth, to live out the truth. He says in verse 11, prescribe and teach these things. Labor and strive, Timothy, in these things. I'll close with this story. Years ago, I was listening to a sermon by Adrian Rogers, and he was talking about uh, a girl in his church who went off to college, and she came back, and she talked to Dr. Rogers, and she said, when I went off to college, I took a religion class, and she said, my professor seemed so wise and so nice and so knowledgeable, but he told me things that I hadn't heard before. He said that the Bible had errors in it. He said that stories in the Bible weren't true. They're just stories. He started to pick the Bible apart, and she said, I was almost ready to believe him and to abandon my faith. And she said, but then I remembered you. And I remembered how you lived your life before us. And I remembered how you preached the word of God. And I remembered what you taught and what you stood for. 
And I remembered your life and your testimony, and I knew what that man is telling me is not true. It's not true. Why? Because Adrian Rogers, although not perfect, he was a good soldier. He was a disciplined soldier. He walked in the truth. He taught the truth. He nourished himself on the Word of God. And what he did, I can do. What he did, you can do, and we can do. The need is great. And God is looking for men and women, boys and girls, who will sign up and say, here I am. Send me. My friend, are you a soldier in the Lord's army? Have you ever received Christ as Savior and Lord? If not, today is the day for you. Just pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. I know that I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I can't save myself. But Jesus, I believe you are God in the flesh. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive me of all my sins, make me the person you want me to be. I surrender my all to you. My friend, if you'll pray that kind of prayer and mean it, the Lord will come in and your life will never be the same. I'd love to hear from you, to know that you're watching, to know that this program is making a difference in your life, to know that you just prayed that prayer to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. Please take the time to call that toll-free number, write me, email me, let me know what's going on and how we can pray for you. You really are important to God and you're important to us and we're here for you. Today's message, called The Discipline of a Good Soldier, is from Pastor Jeff's new seven-message series, Soldiers of the Cross. The message is available in multiple formats when you call 877-777-6171 or go online to fromhisheart.org. There's a spiritual battle raging all around us, and there's a desperate need for disciplined and courageous soldiers to combat the enemy and make a lasting impact on the world for Jesus Christ. Paul told young Timothy, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You see, the moment you become a Christian is the moment you become a soldier in the Lord's army. And God is looking for us to be good and faithful soldiers, soldiers who stand up for Jesus and speak the truth in love. That's what my new seven message series can help you do. I believe that the Soldiers of the Cross series and the companion booklet, The Lord's Army, will provide you the encouragement and plan needed to fight the good fight of faith and successfully finish the race that the Lord has given each of us to run. This series, along with the companion booklet, are my thanks for your support to From His Heart this month. Hey, start out 2023 with the discipline and courage needed for the fight. Become the bold and faithful soldier of the cross that God wants you to be. And thank you for helping us share real truth, real love, and real hope around the world each day. God bless you. To get your copy of Pastor Jeff's new seven-message series, Soldiers of the Cross, and the companion booklet, The Lord's Army, make your gift today when you call 877-777-6171 or go online to fromhisheart.org. It's available in multiple formats. From His Heart is the viewer-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, who believes that no matter how badly you may have messed up in life, 
God still loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. You can find out more when you go to fromhisheart.org. Real truth, real